What's going on? It's your man Alex Eskandarka. I'm right back at you with another episode of The Gifted Gab. And today's episode is a special episode. We've got Vance Banzo, Tim Blair, Franco Nguyen, and Gulet Abdi from the sketch comedy series Tall Boys on CBC. You know we love comedy over here at The Gifted Gab, especially when it's thought-provoking. And the boys have joined us to discuss season two, to discuss their passion behind comedy. And anybody in between, you know, making a decision that's tough, like going to school and chasing your passion or things of that nature, we get into that a little bit too. So without no further ado, CBC's The Tall Boys, right here on The Gifted Gap. We're back. Another episode of the Gifted Gab. It's your boy Alex. I'm here with my man Andre Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Another episode of the Gifted Gab, and we got a special, special guest today. Very special. We've got guest or guests. Guests. Plural. Plural. Sometimes I forget a letter or two, but yeah, we're here with the guests, the the casts. Wrong guess. From Tall Boys. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, what hey, up? Hey. How you doing? We got What's going on? Guled, Franco, Tim, and Vance. The big four. You guys measuring in at, what, 25 something? 25 20 feet, two 25 inches. Two inches? Two inches? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that two inches yeah. is important. <laughs> solid solid <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget yeah. the two inches. No, so the Tall Boys, man. These guys just premiered season two of their sketch comedy series. You guys make sure you do check it out and tell us, man. Tell us how you guys came about, how you guys started, you know, one at a time. All right, why don't we do it one word? Yeah. Like an improv scene? Uh, I'm yeah. How, how did you guys come together? You know, how did, how did Tall Boys become a, a thing? That, that, you know, for people who aren't familiar with the show. I, I yeah, guess absolutely. we all sort of uh, knew each other from doing uh, the stand-up comedy in Toronto. We were all like uh, open mic, open micers. Yeah, we knew each other and had uh, an idea of our sensibilities. Vance and I, we actually went to the Humber College uh, comedy and writing program together. Uh, it's a two-year program. We met there. Uh, really liked each other's sense of humor, you know, and, and got to work with each other on a bunch yeah. of stuff. Uh, and Gulet and I are uh, uh, self-taught. Yeah. We learn comedy from the streets. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing, you know? It was rough, man. It was rough. <laughs> Straight from the gutter. Say that at the corner of Second and City. Yes. It's tough, man. Oh, man. Ruthless, ruthless there, man. We don't, know how, to read, we don't know how to read comedy sheet music. We just kind of have it all in our brains. <laughs> just <feel> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you guys came together, and it wasn't Tall Boys at first, right? No. Uh, Franco we, and I, we knew each other because we were doing, like, improv, Second City improv together, and there wasn't a lot of crossover usually in the open mic stand-up versus improv scene. So we, like, were two people who did both and, like, noticed that. And I think it, it all started after a uh, – Sinbad show we watched Sinbad at JFL 42 
where he like blew the light and went over time by like an hour. And <laughs> on our way back from that show, Gula and Franco and I were there and we were talking about possibly forming an improv troupe. And I threw Vance's name in there. And then uh, a couple months later, we started a sketch troupe called Tall Boys to Men. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume that there was a there there was some trademark, uh, you know, infringement over Involved there, right? That. So why Tall Boys? Uh, uh, I think it was like a, f- a friend of the troupe just saw that like I think we were all tall, and she's like, "You should be called Tall Boys." Or like, well, yeah, like most of us are pretty tall. Like we average at about like six five, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> and so she was like, you be "Tall Boys." You is know? that you is, it, then, is this skewed because of you, Gulet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think yeah, it's mostly I, I, Tim and Franco uh, bring the height up yeah. a bit. We multiply <laughs> our heights. We divide the heights by three. <laughs> you guys divide the heights by three? Okay, so I got to ask. Franco, how tall is your my player or the average of your my Okay, player? so <laughs> right, I haven't played 2K since like 212 because I was too addicted to it. Uh, I had like four of my players that were like <laughs> 97. I, it was like a problem. I would sign up to open mics and then just spend all my time playing 2K and not going to my sets. Uh, <laughs> I, it was like, <laughs> it was the one where uh, Kobe was on the cover and he's ripping his jersey. But each one oh, yeah. was uh, like, Classic I had four 99 rated players. Uh, but the first one was. Uh, Seven one. <laughs> <laughs> First play was seven one. I mean, oh, like man. seven with amazing uh, angles. Yeah, it doesn't start with an. It was all dunks. <laughs> dunks and defense. It was. Yeah, that's not fair. It was a uh, Sun Ming Ming, but with uh, uh, agility. If you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true that guys who can dance are good at sex? Honestly, uh, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I came up, I came up with the, that idea because I, I, I don't know. I think I feel like guys hear this thing around, you know, that like, oh, you know, like that somehow being good at dancing is an indication of your sexual prowess. I, I don't think any studies have been done on it. You know, like uh, I hope I can maybe get people to study this and see if there is some correlation <laughs> between the two. <laughs> That's really what the sketch was about, is my hypothesis, and I'm hoping someone will either disprove it or add more evidence to it. Yeah, what, I'm what hoping I it's not love. true, because I'm not that good at dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, that makes uh, please, I hope it's not true. <laughs> this, this is, that, that's, that's a good point you brought up, because if, if you're not good at dancing, which is, you know, you're not perpetuating the stereotype that all black people <laughs> dance. So mm-hmm. there's no problems there. It'd be, f- well, I was just going to say, it'd be funny if it was true. And then like, we could see like Ron Jeremy just like break dance really hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> Ron Jeremy could do like flares and head spins and stuff. <laughs> uh, how conscious was like that part of the show? Cause there are a lot of, uh, you know, stereotypes you guys take on you know i feel like you guys do challenge a lot of like the status quo with the show you know was that a conscious thing or is that you just you guys are just shooting the shit like tell me about that a little bit i mean it's like i feel like it's uh i don't know i don't know if it's quite conscious i feel like at times it's um 
just like we we talk about especially when ideas are dealing with like you know uh something happened in, in society or race we do talk about it quite a bit and uh just by just i think also because we are like we try to be uh conscious of like what we're saying with the material as well unless it's some silly idea that has nothing to do with anything it's just like i mean guys who could dance are good at sex it's like such a silly idea and even that i still had like you know second thoughts of like it's true you know i don't think it's true i don't want to put that out there you know mad at us yeah so i was just even that i still was like worried about like how how are we gonna how society gonna feel about this you know are we gonna get some some very angry opinion columns about this you know So, so looking at looking at your cast, it's pretty diverse. Obviously, you guys come from a wide range of backgrounds, and I think we're in a time now where that's accepted. It's it's meant. It's it's really uh, craved after. So, I mean, for you guys, how important is is representation? Because, um, like I said, that's something that's really needed in a lot of forms of media, and you don't often see it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I got my start like um, doing comedy because I saw representation. Um, on CBC, it was called Welcome to Turtle Island, and it was a bunch of indigenous comedians. And that I saw them do that, and that was like, holy shit! I'm funny too, but I didn't know I had I can get there. You know, like I know I have ability, but I didn't know I could get, have that platform. So I think that's why I pursued it was because I did I did see that one comedy special, indigenous comedy special in history. <laughs> like I saw the one in history. Yeah. So, all right, that's, I, I can do it too, right? So yeah, yeah. I think it's really another. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like representation. Something that's that's crucial and and super important. Uh, it, I I think it can be daunting when you think about it in your work. You know, sometimes like thinking about how you are repre- represented representing for people who look like you. So to a certain point, I think like you also just have to be yourself and and people will relate to that and that's where you know it comes through by you know oh there's people out there like that like uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah like especially what tim was saying like uh it it really does get daunting because like, I, I feel like uh because their diversity is still such a topic people talk about of like we need more diversity out there we need more stories that there's still i feel like this uh pressure at times to represent but then i think they're there's so many ways of being black. There's so many ways of being Somali. There's so many ways of being, yeah. you know, Vietnamese. There's so many ways of being indigenous. So, like, you can, I think the best you can do is just tell your story and someone else will get a chance to tell their their point of view, their humor, you know? Yeah. I mean, like Alex was saying, you're breaking down those those barriers, those stereotypes from just representing not the singular, you know, black individual that people see on the streets or, or whoever it may be, you know what I mean? So it's 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 really uh, amazing to see for sure. Absolutely. Uh, do you guys ever uh, bat on Vance for beef from Edmonton? Because I know a lot of people don't like Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't know what's what's the beef with Edmonton. We have oh. a couple of quips in this. In, we have at least an Edmonton quip on. Yeah, we saw one in episode three. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever been there yeah i loved it i vance took me we, we did a comedy festival there after filming the first season 
like immediately the next day we flew to Edmonton for a week and it was great. Their their valley makes the Don Valley Parkway look like trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wide, there's so much green. Yeah. I thought Toronto had nice nature. We don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, That's amazing. Four months of the year, it's the most beautiful place in the world. Like. Uh, yeah, it's the most beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Four or, or two? Four is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know, I like the leaves Peace change. I like that those two days the leaves change color and fall off. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. No, so, this this show is really important. Like it's. I think this show is really important for the culture. Like you guys were saying, representation. You know, I I never. Me personally, I've never seen a, a, a Somali stand-up comedian, a Vietnamese stand-up comedian, an indigenous stand-up comedian. You know, sorry, Tim, I've seen a couple of black stand-up comedians. You know, so, you know, the representation is probably the most important part is that you guys are telling your stories, you guys are telling your kind of your, uh, your, your view, your lens, and, and, you guys touch on some serious issues and you make light of it and that's what comedy is about you know and i think it's beautiful you know i think it's it's an amazing thing i'm glad you guys i'm glad we discovered tall boys and and i think you guys are going to be in this game doing this for a very very long time all right, all right. thank you man thank I, you I hope much. so yeah that would yeah. be really nice yeah <laughs> don't yeah don't, <laughs> no, don't don't put money on that i definitely uh, we're in an interesting position also where we're like, yeah, we we formed organically. Like, we're naturally, like, super diverse. We're not one of those things that, like, CBC had to sit down and cast a bunch <laughs> of people. Like, I think it's not a, a lot of our yeah. organic energy of, like, really being friends, yeah. like, uh, is, is so important to it. I thought you were going to be like, oh, we didn't have to. <laughs> it's not like three Rachel Dolezals. Like, <laughs> so we didn't have to do makeup or... <laughs> Which is a fake our background and birth certificates. <laughs> we did have a sketch we wrote about that once where I, I had been doing blackface my entire life. Uh, and luckily, <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. It did go anywhere. But, uh, oh, man. It's going to be like the Joker. We're just going to have a scene like in the Joker, like, you know, in the first Batman movie where he just starts... <laughs> I don't know. That's all. That was, that's all. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> just can't get it. Ah man. Uh, I wanted to touch on how you guys said it did come together organically. You know. Um. You know. You did guys mention? You guys did mention how you guys met and how it came together, but. How did you guys know that you wanted to do comedy per se? Uh, I, I mean, individually or as a unit? In individually and then as a unit. I, okay. I mean, I'm. Yeah, we wanted to get into scatting. Scatting was where our heart was at. But there isn't much of a scene for that. Uh, at least for me, I went to like an art school in Toronto, the Etobicoke School of the Arts, and I was in there oh, for wow. drama. But in the 10th grade, they had like a stand-up comedy unit. 
and that was legit like the only time I did all my homework and I got a hundred percent on a project and like from that moment I, I knew like that's what I was into uh, at least on an individual yeah account. I think uh, I mean I have like a deep like uh, kind of like uh, there's just, like a bunch of answers I think and a bunch of theories as to why it came to comedy one is because uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the truth man <laughs> Yeah, we have a. Uh, yeah, you yeah, need to the, know the uh, Pythagorean theorem to understand where I'm about to go with this. Uh, uh, no, um, it's it's like the Joker. He has so many origin stories. <laughs> yeah. I got one for Tim Burton. I got one for Christopher Nolan. I got one for the Adam West. <laughs> I got one where I have a mustache. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah no i think it's because uh like you know I'm vietnamese and like uh there's like the it's like familial piety is uh, very common in our culture so it's a lot of like oh parents are always right children children are always wrong you know you don't question anything you don't talk back anything like that and i felt like when i went to school and i started like speaking english uh it was like almost having a different identity because like you know, at home, I, I, you know, I only speak Vietnamese. I talk like a little kid. Even now, as an adult, my Vietnamese sounds like like a baby is talking. It's very cute, but it, it's weird on, on a man. Um, and then, but I think because, you know, I, I remember getting a big laugh in class. There was like a bicycle presentation. And then they're like, you know, you always have to stop uh, when you're on your bike at a stop sign. And then I remember... In the, at going at the back of the classroom, going uh, even if you you're on training wheels, and uh, the class like bursted into laughter, and I was like, wow, I'm heard here. I have a voice. <laughs> I have to interrupt important safety lessons. Um, but I think some, there's something like deep in comedy where it's like you can grab a mic and you know there's something like really raw and honest and uh, fair about, you know, no matter what you look like, there's, there's going to be a way uh, to make this room accept you and listen to your ideas. You just got to have like good setups and punchlines. But if you can tell them about your saddest story, all your traumas, if it's in really solid setup and punchline format, Oh, then they're going to listen to you. But if it's not, man they are they're gonna walk on you so uh i think i think there's something about that where it's like yeah it's like there's something um egalitarian about it anyways yeah i'm just gonna drop big words throughout this thing too yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah, I love words that i'm like is this the right word do i do i have confidence in using this is someone gonna call me out I think so. Should have run my thesaurus. I use Siri a lot these days to define stuff. Yeah, not, it's not a galaxy. It's nothing to do with Eagles, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking, of course, the band, not the bird. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah for me, uh, I was a, a terrible science student. And uh, one of the um, – I was, I was thinking of doing public health at one point, And uh, a coordinator who I had a crush on uh wasn't uh to ask me like what i wanted to do if money were an obstacle and uh i told her comedy and she's like yeah why don't you why don't you try comedy and i i did you know uh and i i mean i've like truly i felt like uh, looking back on that a lot of times i'm like 
she caught me at the right time because I was watching a lot of stand-up around that time. If I was doing anything else, I might have answered something else. <laughs> so sometimes I think about it, I'm like, no, she caught me at the perfect time. She caught me at the perfect so, time. You so know? far <laughs> we have like Vance, yeah. he saw it on TV, saw someone that wanted to, that reflected him and that inspired him. For me, it was uh, to be heard. And for Gulet, it's for love. <laughs> that's beautiful and i know vance you did touch on the rep the representation that you saw but if you wanted to add to that uh i uh, skipping classes in high school i went to st joe's in edmonton and they have this whole individual self-directed learning so <laughs> they just give you all the work at the beginning of the year and they say all right get it done by the end of the year so Naturally, everyone doesn't get it fucking done. We're all 16, 17. <laughs> what? We're like, we're discovering weed and pussy. So we're, um, I was always in the basement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always went down to drama. Uh, and uh, I was getting laughs there just doing little drama, like uh, improv stuff. And then that was it. It's the same experience as Franco. You're just like, holy shit, this feels really good to get like a huge pop and laughter. You're like, I'm good at this. And then fucking flash forward six years later my mom's like fuck you gotta go to college man you can't work in like as a waiter your whole life and i was like well if i gotta go to college i'll do something i'm good at so i went to comedy and i met tim i want to add on that because a lot of times we're told that going to school for anything art related is a waste of time you know what i mean people say it's not you're not gonna be successful you know, if you're not in any STEM program, like, what, are you, what are you doing? You know, you're wasting your money or whatever, whatever that may be. So this is a question to everyone here. How important or how valuable was going to school for art? And how did that play into where you guys are right now? Well, I would say, like, it just depends what you want to get out of it. Like, if you want to get an immediate job right after it, I would say, no, the haters are right. <laughs> but um if you you know like any program like any learning scenario you can build a lot of skills that can uh that will help you laterally so like um yeah i mean i went to film school it taught me how to be creative it taught me how to structure my work it, i learned about deadlines i learned how to visualize my ideas and i felt like it helped me um organize my comedy a little bit better um and I felt, I felt like it helped us, um, yeah, like, I just felt, I felt like it helped, like, put down ideas a lot quicker and clearer, because uh, when you're working with, like, you know, if you're on a film set, you work with, like, you know, 30 to 100 other people or more, uh, and, uh, you know, they need to know your idea in a clear way, and it's, it's going to be, and if you have the skill to communicate uh, to 100 people as if it's a one-on-one -on -one session, then... Uh, it's going to be very valuable. So I think school is great if you know, uh, if if you just uh, using it and knowing what it is versus like, oh, this is going to actually get me, you know, a $70,000 job afterwards because that's not the case. Like I have friends who are mm -hmm. uh, like studied engineering that didn't end up being engineers and had other skills that got them different types of jobs. There's no certainty. The market's broken. We're all going down. Uh, invest in gold. <laughs> so on and so forth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I definitely found like going to school for art and comedy to be so invaluable 
Well, I, I'd say, like, comedy specifically, like, school is not necessary, really. I mean, it's something you can just figure out on your own at open mics. But, like, I had the greatest time at Humber. I mean, it definitely just solidified my love for it. It was so great to just spend, like, you know, five, six hours a day, like, laughing, doing bits, meeting so many, like, great, hilarious people who are still doing comedy and, like, I work with in some capacity. And then, um, yeah, and I think, like, number one, I think the most – valuable thing about Humber and specifically going to comedy school was it was kind of like this place away from open mics where you're safe to try any like weird ridiculous out there idea to this class and like see how they like and then oh if that goes well maybe I'll try it at an open mic maybe I'll try it at a different show but it was just another place where I can just like experiment and throw shit at the wall and see what sticks yeah I think just to add like for schooling I think it's just like if you're really um good at like self-learning and you have the discipline to self-direct yourself then i sometimes like with information being readily available it's probably not the best investment but if you thrive in environments that are structured for you then it probably is a great investment uh yeah hi i'm I'm using the word investment hi my name is frank i work for bmo um and uh if you're looking for a strong reliable mutual fund please visit us at www (laughs) 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 this podcast is sponsored by wealth simple do free trades with zero commission trust me i got the pop-ups they they make TikToks that look like every time it looks like a legitimate TikTok. Then I look, I'm like, oh, it's well simple. Got me again. I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's just someone talked to the camera. Hey, do you know something I thought about? I'm like, yeah. What do you think about? I'm like, oh, damn it, yeah. you got me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anybody else want to add to that? I love that. That was yeah, yeah that's it. Great so Yeah, it's just everywhere. God damn it. Yeah, I downloaded it. I um, bought some AMC <clears throat> two weeks ago. It was good. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought some AMC. I'm just waiting for the movie theaters to come back open and uh, 70% of the United States population to get vaccinated so they can start filling up those theaters and filling my pockets. I like it. It'd, it'd be funny if you're like. It'd be funny if you're like, I bought one share. <laughs> oh, <that's really laughs> man what was what was the the hardest thing that you guys had to really act out on tall boys you know what was one of the hardest scenes you don't have to spoil anything but is there anything that you guys are uncomfortable doing on camera or even on stage the it's funny because, like, uh, you know, the scenes where we, like, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone else, but the scenes where I have to drop my pants, um, even though I'm wearing underwear and stuff, it's, like, flesh-colored underwear, and it's not like I'm just doing it to camera. There's a whole, um, there's a whole crew watching, <laughs> so it, it feels real, <laughs> and I'm acting, so I'm trying to believe in it, so the humiliation feels real, and then it's just, like, in my uh, yeah, in my mind they're like, oh. I'm just like, oh, are they? Are they how close are they looking? <laughs> and then yeah, and I'm that just worried like active. the DP is like, oh, okay, <laughs> make sure everything is in focus here. So this is how only yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of lens are we using? 
Yeah, we gotta switch up the lens. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's just stay on the fifty. <laughs> Realistic. Yeah, that's yeah th- that part. I, I agree with Brent. I think like that's that part is. Uh, it took me a while to get used to of just like, like now when I watch shows, I have a different appreciation for them because I know that, uh, especially like if they're doing a scene where like, oh, this is very vulnerable. There's probably like 20, 30 people watching them do this thing, you know? If it's sex, then it might be a close set, so it might be a smaller group of people, but still, there's people watching it on what they call a video village outside of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so there's still a lot of people watching you pretend to. Like, I, yeah, I, I did this. I'm thinking now for this season, probably it's when I played a, a magician, a sexy magician, and I had to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, simulate climaxing, and that was uh, definitely. I <laughs> 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 was. Uh, I had to get out of my own head. And be like, okay, I gotta. Uh, I'm not actually. <laughs> I'm not actually <laughs> masturbating, but I gotta. <laughs> my, my favorite uh, day on shooting was when you played freeze that day. <laughs> that was such a weird. Oh, yeah. uh, oh I forgot about like, that. We, yeah, it's like. Yeah, he plays yeah, a superhero. That, yeah, <laughs> but his dick comes out at yeah. the end of the sketch. <laughs> yeah, so he had a prosthetic penis that was just like that yeah, surprisingly so lifelike. It looks the so like, Cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they before we <laughs> shot, they're like, it. okay, we're gonna bring out a felt penis, and then we're like, okay, felt is like whatever. It's just a soft material, but they like we were thinking Sesame Street, but it was like. The, it was more the Muppets. If <laughs> yeah. and we, were, we were just filming on the street in Etobicoke, uh, in, in Toronto, and it was like, it wasn't close. It was, it was like, like three school or four at out time. There yeah. were wow. parade lines of children cool. walking six, by. Yeah. This six foot oh, eight I man I said, uh, I having that out. like a felt penis hangout <laughs> while children are <laughs> walking by. <laughs> I don't know why they. I, I don't know why it was purple. It was purple. It was like a very like <laughs> muted purple. Like, like that. I don't was, know why they chose it. Was so it was so gross. <laughs> it, it yeah. look, it's the anatomically yeah, correct purple. It looked penis. like it was so, you know how big know. it's like yeah. a bir- big bird. It was like big bird stick, but like like that's the human part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, the only part that's not in costume. Uh, it's like the puppeteer's pants. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I, I gotta ask, because like, I know scenes like that, like you're saying, yeah. could be pretty awkward. You know, you're, you're probably thinking, like, ah, oh, damn, like, why am I doing this? Was, was, there ever, was there ever a regret, or was there ever a plan B with, with doing this? Because I know art is one of those things that's not solidified it's not guaranteed it's not fixed you don't go into art thinking okay i'm gonna you're automatically gonna win a hundred thousand dollars right so was there ever any hesitation there like how'd you i just want to point that? out that like we were just like a moment ago was like uh yeah and then it looks like big big bird's dick and then you're like <laughs> so so with art Penises, penises could be art too. I mean, that's true. The yeah, my plan. Yeah, I, I do think about how, like, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I have this thing. This, I've never mentioned this to anyone, but sometimes I wonder what my life would have been like to grow up in a country where, like, the naked human body is not a sexualized thing, or to grow up in a place where that wasn't the thing. Because, like, 
I see anytime I see like even a piece of art with like a nude woman on it, I'm immediately getting turned on. I'm like, no wait, is there yeah. another feeling that could be happening? <laughs> <laughs> something else I could be noticing if I'm not getting aroused by this. <laughs> apathy. I just said happened. everything that we want to see. Yeah, exactly. Apathy. Is there some <laughs> sadness I'm not noticing. And I'm like, What's <laughs> so no regrets on the penis. Yeah. Uh, a, a few regrets oh. that many children. <laughs> ah. <laughs> they, luckily, they gave me a, a, a robe that I could put on in between kids, <laughs> which I was very quick to like. I was covering it up with my hands between while I was waiting for the robe to come because we're, like, we're, like, we're on a corner of the street and people are walking by, and I'm just like, like hey, how's it going? And cars are driving. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I feel like a robe makes that creepier, you know. <laughs> Here's a robe and slippers if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a robe makes it so much worse. It's like, like just one, picturing it in my it's head. One step it's below like a robe makes trench coat to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh yeah. I was just gonna touch on the art like uh if, if there's any second chance i definitely know with like comedy like uh yeah you know there was never like a guaranteed career path in it but i know like it's something i'm passionate about and like no matter what like yeah if i was working in an accountant job or something doing stand-up on my spare time would be like something i'd want to do like for the rest of my life like it's like maybe not have not as always the the like it, it's something yeah I, i'm passionate about and and want to continue in any way pay any way shape or form yeah I, I agree with him like it's i i do i do wonder if this show hadn't happened how i'd feel about doing comedy sometimes uh because like it still is something that i do enjoy and uh i'm like yeah i would I would love to still do it just on the side just as something uh that's a fun thing that doesn't have any monetary gain but makes me feel yeah good. uh like right before we got the show i was uh like after film school i worked on like one or two sets and for a long period of time i was just not working i was like really drifting uh and i was doing stand-up uh and then when i uh like at some point i got a job uh in sales uh selling just ripping people off with uh uh websites it was horrible but they it was a really good sales job and we like we got paid and they had like a good rsp program and like i was like making the most money I'd ever made in my life. Um, and I was just, I remember scrolling through my timeline and just seeing all my friends, like just talking about their, uh, doing open mics and like, you know, getting onto festivals, which are, it's not always like the most, uh, in terms of monetary value, it's not like the most lucrative, but uh, it looks, I was just like, I hated spending so much time doing something I didn't care about. Uh, and so it was just like that, yeah, I mean, passion is so important, so. I know that's that's for anyone that's deciding to go to school it's like yeah if you're passionate about it just do it there's always going to be a way to make money there's like there's uh, especially in art there's like things we haven't even heard of like there's backwoods fucking places hiring actors to, i don't know to pretend to be uh if I, I heard this old white dude uh his name tom old white dude his name's tom edwards real good guy he's an <laughs> improviser <laughs> he's an old white dude but every summer he um 
he would uh, get paid by the military to pretend to be uh, refugees for exercises and stuff like that. And he got paid like fucking good money. And it was just like, yeah, if you're passionate about something, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, are they yeah. beating him up? What kind of refugee is this old white guy playing? <laughs> just, uh, just... <laughs> no, no, no. Well, like, um, uh, just like they, they play villagers and stuff like that, and then they, they go through their day and they just do normal day activities until a raid happens, and they have to pretend oh, yeah. to be scared and something. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds like a cool job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mind went to, like, uh, the guy, his is like the old white dude is like oh i'm a villager please don't hurt me and then everyone's like uh, hey okay thomas we don't need the accent please <laughs> just we're, we're playing the facts of the scene but that's it's like no no this is good it's like please come on we come on no <laughs> he's so method <laughs> i love that uh i wanted to touch on that you know what you were saying about passion, you know, uh, what advice do you have for people that are in between right now, people that, you know, especially from you guys' backgrounds, you guys come from very diverse cultures, you know, for someone that comes from an immigrant family, me saying to my parents, hey, I want to do comedy, that's not always an easy conversation to have, especially when, you know, especially if, you know, they might want something else for you. What kind of advice would you give someone that, you know, wants to have that conversation with their family and want to pursue their passion? I mean, uh, I I had that conversation with my dad when I started uh, comedy. Uh, it was not an easy conversation for sure because uh, I, I, I'm telling him that I'm doing this thing that I don't even quite understand how it works, but I do know that I enjoy doing it. Uh, it took me a while. I think after getting the show uh he gave me a high five i remember that experience uh he was really happy about it and then started telling me about comedians he'd heard on the radio like he there's another comedian somali hodo hersey very funny he's like i heard her on the radio and i was like oh so he's sharing like his his comedy knowledge with me and i i've never really talked to him about it but i think there's uh for him specifically like I think there was fear of the unknown of like, he didn't know what could happen if I pursue this thing. And he wanted me to go get a master's degree or go back to university in some form because he's like, I know that this path will lead to a job because some people have done this path before, but this other path, I just, I'm not sure what it is. So for him, like he was like ecstatic to know that like, Oh, I'm making money and I'm going to be okay. And he was the happiest one. Like, I sent my sister some money to buy a laptop. He's like, oh my God, this is so, like he was, I think we were more proud of that than even getting the show, you know? Because for him, providing for family is such a huge part of it. So sometimes, I don't know, um, yeah, like uh, maybe being understanding of some of their fears of like, you know, they they didn't have these opportunities and for them, they're like, they just, maybe they're just scared for you, you know? Uh, and it's not even like they're hating on your style or anything like that. Like they don't want me to be great. It's like, they're like, I don't know what this yeah. thing is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just chill, just chill. I'm in the next Eddie Murphy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think like um, uh, a lot of immigrant communities too. It's because you you worship your parents so much, and sometimes um, it, it's interesting too because there's like a whole you know it's tied to sometimes it's tied to economics as well. Like for my family, it was hard to. Like, a lot of times I would be riding the Blue Knight home from an open mic and thinking, like, man, my mom left 
a war-torn Vietnam on a boat so I could get paid and beer tickets you know it's like really i'm like what am i doing um but i think yeah i think there's also like a whole generation of uh uh, or first generation of uh canadian or like immigrant uh, children of immigrants that like have to sacrifice and it's kind of like drilled into you okay you're gonna be there's it's almost like like kind of like it's almost like being like the jesus of your family like you're gonna be the one that catapults us out of like uh poverty you're gonna be the one that like gets a good job and gets benefits and uh sometimes because there's so much pressure on you uh you you feel like okay well there was so much sacrifice i have to do this um and i think uh i've seen i know a lot of people that kind of you know follow through on their parents expectation of them and they're incredibly unhappy you know and so it's kind of like I, you know, it's hard for me to say because I don't know anyone's circumstance. I don't know what your financial circumstance is. Like, you know, for some people, you working as an engineer can take care of, uh, you know, like 12 families in your home country. And that's a lot of value to you. And that brings you happiness. But for some people, it's like, okay, I'm just doing this to make my mom happy. Uh, then my question to you is like, okay, well, what are you doing for yourself? Uh, because that is should be the most important thing and if you're happy hopefully they're going to be happy and it i like i totally get like it's like an impossible thing to uh say to yourself say like oh i i deserve to be happy and i i'm i don't care if i get paid nothing this is what makes me happy it probably sounds like uh like like parcel tongue like your parents are like oh, are you talking like a slytherin like what what are you saying <laughs> but uh it is it, it, honestly like I, I yeah i know a lot of people that are like well into their like 40s that and 50s uh that are like man i i just wish i did something that made me happy uh and so yeah anyways gold is is doing well we could all invest <laughs> <laughs> a sincere moment uh, with a joke yeah. uh. <laughs> What did you say before that joke? That's like how uh, corporations do it. They put something profound and then just at the, the right at the end. Well, simple. <laughs> Invest in your heritage. Well, simple is going to come. <laughs> well, simple is going to come for us after. Yeah, this. With, a, with a deal. They better come, they better yeah, come this is, they better come is free. Yeah. <laughs> Call me that, bro. Yeah. We've mentioned them probably more than anyone who's not sponsored. <laughs> 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 they need to cut us a check. You know what? We've uh, mentioned Wealth Simple, we, it, but we haven't mentioned again. what our show is called. Wealth <laughs> 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 well, Simple like 20 times and said Tall Boy Zero. <laughs> <laughs> tall Boys, guys. Tall Boys. So tell us a little bit more about this upcoming season. Um, Tell us what we can expect, what, what, what you guys are looking forward to. Uh, yeah, we definitely, like, I think, uh, 
hit our stride after the first season. I think making the first season was so much learning as we go as we went because I mean it was uh, uh, our first time on like a professional set all together and like uh, yeah a, a lot of things brand new for us. So I think doing that first season, uh, we're so happy to get another shot at it, uh, and and I think like we just kicked it up a notch. Like we we yeah some wilder characters some some uh, a lot a lot more costumes and a lot more songs and it it was kind of a crazy writing process cuz uh cuz of covid and the whole pandemic we had initially wrote what we thought was going to be our season 2 and just finished uh writing it right when the pandemic hit and then we couldn't film so we just kind of kept on writing uh throughout that and like came up with some new material of course inspired by that and uh yeah yeah, we're relevant, man. We are we're so <laughs> relevant. Uh, we're about right now. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the the f- uh, finale. Uh, I think um, we we wrote, all wrote this sketch um, about uh, us finding racist material in a storage unit and what are we gonna do with it. Uh, so I think I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of like it's. It's a it's a big risk, and I'm excited. I'm like, what are people gonna What are people gonna say? Like, are we gonna get just negatively panned for this? Well, I'm excited for that. That like, what's that look like? You know, how do we write about that? You know, so it's an it's exciting to uh, write like outlandish stuff, and I think we we wrote some outlandish stuff this season. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like season two we had a lot more fun. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of learning. Uh, and I feel like we took a bunch of risks, and I think one of the things I think people should be excited for is uh, uh, more facial hair. Like, we got more mustaches coming in. Uh, oh, yeah. Out the wazoo. Yeah, <laughs> Despite yeah, production saying you yeah. shouldn't do that. They, they said, let's do yeah, a lot like, Are you mustaches. sure you're playing, yeah. a, you're playing an eighth grader in this? I'm like, nah, give me a beer. <laughs> Give me Fred Van Vliet's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so what's what's the highlight? What I was gonna say, what's the highlight of uh, of this season? What's your what's your funnest moment? Your most exciting moment? I'm I'm pretty <laughs> pumped for Gulen's yeah. dick out superhero sketch. Uh, that was one of my fun. That was so much fun to write in the writers' room, and then it was weird to see it come alive. And I just can't wait. Yeah. To and this may or may not be a lie, but uh, if you. <laughs> Check it out on CBC Gem. Uh, it'll be totally uncensored. <laughs> it's like yeah. BT uncut. If you go... <laughs> and that thing was uncut, let you, me tell this, you. This dude feels everything. <laughs> if you... Yeah. If you go on CBC Gem after, after midnight, you see it all. <laughs> yeah. And CBC then log on to Wealthsimple, use promo code GULED. Yeah, Zin. for uh, 0% <laughs> trades on all commissions. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, just like BET Uncut, uh, they're going to air uh, Nelly's uh, tip drills. <laughs> just for no reason. <laughs> oh, man. That's a classic. Come back. Yeah. Went in the vault with that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, th- I think about sometimes how, like, music videos were part of like my my sexual awakening like watching some music videos and being like oh yeah. like this is because that time like like growing up like uh you know like uh, like you know now being in my 30s being like at that time like yeah i didn't 
the computer like was a family computer. I wasn't really on it all that time, you know. So I just like it was music videos to make sure no one was around. Do you ever you watch know? the <laughs> you know what commercial that used to always go on during the BET Uncut was the Girls Gone Wild uh, commercials, where it was like they go to spring break and they show their things, which was in oh, retrospect, yeah. uh, it was so ridiculous how a part of it, uh, a part of my sexual awakening, it was because of the voiceover. It was always like, girls gone wild, coming back with all new hot girls. I'm like, this voice is turning me, how is this voice not turning me off? (laughs) These girls are hotter than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Guys are afraid to moan. I'm in my girls like, girls "Girls gone wild, here we go. (laughs) The the guy that does the voice of Spongebob is like voiceover in this thing. (laughs) That's weird. <laughs> it's all cut, uncut, and uncensored. Order now, thirty nine ninety five. I need, I need to know who approved that. I need to know who approved it, man. I need to know who approved that, man. Who, like, let me, let me sit well, down. With you. It, was, it was probably just because they were so used to like the conventional infomercial, where it's like, has this happened to you? And then it's like you spill a mop. Mm. But then they're like, let's just do the same thing. <laughs> Have you ever been horny? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> they could. <laughs> those yeah, uh, late night calls where oh, yeah. someone's sad and horny. The chat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quest. Those sensual. Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quest. They didn't, they didn't pick up on that. <laughs> like, let's still use Jerry. <laughs> 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 Oh man! Oh, I could oh, I could only imagine what that red room is like. <laughs> it's probably so many just outlandish ideas and just love it. I l- it's it's the the proof is in the pudding, you know. You guys heard it here first. Tall boys on mm-hmm. CBC and CBC Gem. Tuesday nights. You know any 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 just, last uh, words, gentlemen? Check out uh, Well Simple. It's a great app. Uh, Use my use my referral code so I can get twenty five dollars. I'm trying to buy a couple more shares of AMC. Uh, I feel like GameStop. Uh, you know, hang on, GameStop. hang on. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know when the cycle's gonna hang end. On. It's coming back. It's gonna come back around. Uh, if you uh, if you're looking to open up a donair shop in Toronto, hit me up. Uh, I'll happily invest with you. They don't have they don't have good donair out here, uh, so just Thanks. hit me up. Uh, yeah. That was the Edmonton in him right there. Yeah, that was the donair shops in Edmonton. <laughs> Queen guys, thank you so much. Queen, yeah, uh, shout out to yeah. Queen Donair. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Right, thank you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you guys so much. Different people it was already. a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Hey, man. Tall boys, you heard it here first. The Gifted Gab makes sure you guys do tap in to Tuesday nights. It's funny. You won't be disappointed. You know, and, and work. Yep. No, you won't. <laughs> I surely wasn't. <laughs> and just like that, the Gifted Gab, baby. We out. We going.